Hello and welcome to Fireside with VC. My name is Andrew Romans and I'm delighted to have my old friend and colleague Klaus Scanning on the podcast. Klaus is the CEO of DigiShares, which is a company that digitizes real estate assets, but through white label and also a direct exchange, which I think we can talk about now. Um, the, the reality is they can digitize anything from funds to any asset class. Uh, so it's funds, entrepreneurs, uh, large shareholders, but we'll get we'll get into all that. Real estate has been the core area where these guys are having, I think, the most traction where they kind of dominate. Um, I've actually known Klaus for something like 15, 18 years. Back in ancient times when I was running the Founders Club, the equity exchange fund, venture capital equity exchange fund, Klaus had a company called Ditside, which was doing pretty great. And so we became a shareholder that way. So I've got a lot of respect for Klaus. I've actually been lucky enough to be advising the company since inception. And they started to really get commercial traction. And so being the wimps that we are, we uh, we're lucky enough to invest now that it's, uh, you know, really sailing through the choppy waters and out of the woods there. Um, but, but Klaus, why don't we, why don't we start with this, um, explain, uh, and, and also I, I'd like to say this too, that, uh, I like, I always like the name digi shares. It's like digital yeah. shares. It's as opposed to tokenizing your shares or yeah. blockchain or web three shares. And it kind of, to me says like, forget the fad of blockchain or web three. Yeah. This is an inevitable path of humanity to digitize yes. human workflows and kind of smart contract into data. And when it comes to real estate and back office and everything, it's just like, it's just the right way to do it. There's some, yeah. you know, return to the workforce woman whose title is head of digital transformation at every Fortune 500. <laughs> it's not like the world is not digitizing. Yeah. So anyway, I, th I say kudos for the name. But but Klaus, great to see you again. Uh, why don't you explain, obviously, I know what the company does, but for our listeners or viewers, what does DigiShares do? Yeah, and thanks for inviting me here. It's a great pleasure. and. Uh... Looking forward to a good discussion. Um, so DDCRs and the name was actually chosen for exactly that reason, right? We see tokenization as right now it's a hyped new technology, right? But eventually it's going to fade out and just become a background technology that we all use, hopefully. Um, and that hence the name DDCRs. So basically we, we as a company, we tokenize, we digitize and tokenize shares and companies uh, to to basically make the shares, the tokenized shares, more liquid, and to get sort of the same transaction efficiency, transparency, security, uh, cost reduction, removal of intermediaries, and so on that you see in the rest of the blockchain ecosystem. So tokenization is really just about getting shares, stocks, any type of security into token form. So we can transact with them on the internet and achieve the same benefits that you have with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and various types of utility tokens and so on. Of course, tokenization is, is more difficult, I would say, because we are working with security. So we are within securities regulation and we have to, of course, follow that in each country where we operate. But in a way, it's also easier because we already know the regulation that we have to follow. Uh, it, it doesn't change all the time as it does for the crypto space, the unregulated space. Right now it's unregulated, but it will be regulated too. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a short 
summary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in my experience, I wrote a book, you know, Ma Masters of Blockchain, and I think you're in that book, but um, uh, I've met everybody in the crypto world, and there's a lot of very colorful personalities. And I think you're a breath of fresh air of someone who understands regulation and brings like an old school, raise venture capital funding, slowly build a business and not try to list it on Kraken before you find out if this Bunsen burner science experiment works or not. Um, but so, so in a way, it's a bit like Carta. In fact, I don't know why Carta dropped the name eShares. I remember the, the, Carta was eShares for many years and then yeah. they changed the name to Carta. But, you know, it sounds a bit like the real path that DigiShares is on is Carta with a second, with an efficient, functioning, legally yeah. compliant secondary market on it for, where, where you can, you get your, your digital shares, your e-shares in the startup that you invested in, which yeah. is the way it works in the United States and Europe and around the world. But then you, you should be able to uh, say, hey, I like the fact that I invested at 8 million. You know, Superhuman's worth 2.5 billion. Maybe I should sell a little bit for my fund and return some money to my LP. So, so that, that's part of the play. Yeah, you, you could uh, definitely say that we are comparable to Carter and Juniper Square and other similar systems uh, in 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 that we have also share management or share capital management functionality, investor management functionality, and so on. But of course, we add the tokenization dimension, right? So we also facilitate a lot more transactions within our system, such as a fully automated digitized purchase or investment transaction workflow, um, a distribution or dividends workflow that's fully sort of digital and automated, where we can pay out USDC, for instance, to a large number of investors just with a push of a button. But then of course, we also facilitate peer-to-peer -peer trading, which is something that you, you cannot do without blockchain technology. So we add quite a lot of value um, compared to Carter and uh, Juniper Square and uh, similar companies, but of course they are stronger, I would say, on the investor management side and, and so forth. But we can we can add that, I guess, longer term. Okay. And um, so what what's a concrete example of a customer that actually came to you or you know you got in touch with and you transaction, you got them on the onboarding system and now they're operational? Like what's a profile? Yeah. Maybe maybe give a couple different profiles. Yeah. One uh, good example is a company called uh, MarketSpace Capital. It's a Dallas-based real estate developer, I think, with a few hundred million assets on a management. They came to us a couple of years ago, wanted to tokenize one multifamily property called the Spot at Myra Park. It has a value, I think, a total value of around 20 million, but they wanted to tokenize around six and a half million, I think, and actually listed on exchange. So first it was tokenized on using our system, and then we sort of facilitate the listing of those tokens on T0, which is a, an exchange in the security token space. It's been listed now for a little more than a year, and the value, I just made the calculation today, so the value has increased 20, 23% for this asset just, just by making it liquid and tradable, right? So Which makes sense, that, right? Because there's, you know, there's a supply and demand curve. Yeah. If you have a finite supply and you increase the demand yeah. for it, the strike price should yeah. go up. You know, in in my book, which is now ancient and you know obsolete, we we profiled um, Elevate Partners, where they uh, there's there was a Thai family from Bangkok that acquired, I think, the St. Regis Hotel in 
Aspen, Colorado. Yeah. And yeah. they spent like, I don't know, 90 million to buy it, another 50 million to refurbish it. So it's like 1500 bucks a night for a tiny room in yeah. there. Yeah. And they only decided to list like eight or 10% of the property mm-hmm. in one of the, you know, first real security token offerings in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, w- w- when I was thinking about it back then, I was thinking like, you know, if, if you and I were younger, you, you have your first daughter, son, instead yeah. of giving them like a hundred bucks and say, hey, when you turn 18, you can have this hundred dollars. And with the way they're managing the U.S. government, that hundred dollars will have the purchasing power <laughs> of like twenty dollars by the time yeah. your daughter turns 18. Yeah. Whereas if you bought her a hundred dollars worth of the Empire State Building. Yeah. And say it's like a trophy asset, and say, "Hey, it's your uncle Andy from New York. Here's a hundred bucks to the Empire State Building." Yeah. You know, commercial real estate's having its pleasures, but if they, you know, turn that into residential, yeah. it might be worth more. Normally, real estate's an accreting asset as opposed to a depreciating yeah. currency. So, 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 so that is interesting. So maybe talk about some of the other functionality. Like it, sometimes I think large companies or even small entrepreneurs, new entrants benefit from technological change. And a big, huge company can also benefit, but they can also suffer like Kmart getting destroyed by Walmart, you know, that it looked like Kmart was the better bet. And then in the end, the Walton family is the richest in the world. So uh, what is the risk of being too slow to adopt? I mean, there's back or, or even talk about like, what are the back office benefits of digitizing your business? Yeah. I want to comment first on on the the, the first point you mentioned, right? With uh, giving giving your uh, your child real estate back tokens, right? It's actually some many of our clients come to us with an idea sort of like that, basically focused on helping young people get onto the property ladder earlier, right? Because in many countries, it's impossible for young people to buy their first home. If you can allow them sort of to buy fractions of real estate property, right, they can get onto the property ladder, ladder much earlier and sort of um, enable them to buy their first home much earlier than they would otherwise have been able to, right? So I think that's a great use case um, for for large companies, institutionals adopting that technology. And we speak actually to quite a lot of them. It's uh, it's a slightly it's it, it's actually a slightly similar picture, I would say. They are also interested in fractionalization and democratization. They are interested in sort of reaching retail. Also, I would say retail. Um, we, we, we look at industry reports quite a lot, and around 40% of the global wealth is in the hands of retail. And retail is not allocated into private equity or real estate at all, right? So there is a huge opportunity if you could sort of fractionalized down to the point where you could access or get retail investors invested into real estate and private equity. So that's actually a huge motivation, I would say, I would, I would say for them, just to gain, gain access to that type of investors. But also, of course, they're interested in sort of internal efficiency improvements, cost reductions, and so on, and the ability sort of to, to digitize and automate more processes and uh, yeah, just make it less error-prone and uh, human uh, driven, I would say, generally. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't looked at it in ages, but like the price per share of like Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has always yeah. been some like obscene number of like 30,000 yeah. or 400,000 a share or something yeah. like that. And so 
to fractionalize that and offer it to teenagers in Medellin, Colombia, you know, to be yeah. able to buy it on their phone. And and if 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 they're interested in Warren Buffett, you know, they can <laughs> token, you know, fractionalize and and with efficiency do it yep. in a way that's compliant, works that that makes sense. So there's kind of the democratization side of this. And then there's the simply how can we increase demand for assets that we own? Yep. And 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 get and get efficiently include more democratize democratization of it, but yep. also out of capitalist greed. Um, yeah. If I can increase the unit ownership price, what about actual fund formation, capital formation, fundraising? You know, like it seemed like we had crowdfunding 1.0 in the Rose Garden and a horrific execution from the from the uh, SEC that basically failed the country. And then years later, when they came out with the regulation, most of those startups was the biggest graveyard I've ever seen of uh, dead yeah. startups. Yeah. Um, but but what what's the um, what are you seeing on a real estate developer saying, hey, I'm in Miami. Um, I have a project. It's going to cost $20 million. I got 99 problems, but my big problem is I don't have $20 million. So are people raising capital by using this kind of solution from DigiShares? They are trying to at least, I would say. Uh, we have many clients coming to us uh, looking to use tokenization as a way to fundraise. As, as a new type of ICO or STO. Um, and I think there's a small graveyard forming also in, in that under that use case, unfortunately. Yeah. We yeah. try to speak to our clients and tell them that tokenization in itself doesn't necessarily make it easier for them to fundraise, unless there's some specific aspect of the business that makes it natural for them to seek funding from crypto investors, for instance, then it might make, make sense. Uh, but otherwise, uh, not not really, right? So, so tokenization makes their asset, it makes it possible for them to to fractionalize to to a, a greater degree, or to smaller fractions, right? And reach retail investors a little bit more or better or easier. But they still have to market it, and they have to sort of teach and educate the retail investors to sort of be aware and be interested and incentivized to invest into this new type of asset, which is not easy. And then, of course, it also becomes liquid, right? So as you could say, if you have two different real estate products to invest into that are all of us similar, one is liquid, the other one is, is not, it should be quite a big advantage, I would say. But if you have to force the investors to convert into USDC and install a wallet and and so forth, then it, it's not always a, a benefit, right? So, so that's also why we have uh, on-ramp interfaces to our system, so it's possible for issuers, uh, asset owners to to not force investors to use crypto, right, but but to allow uh, investment in normal fiat. And that's, I think, that's just uh, the place where the market is right now. So we are sort of in a transition period, I would say, over to a much more digitized uh, economy, right, where we will have CBDCs, so uh, digital uh, US dollar and euro and so on, and then tokenization will be uh, extremely easy for everyone to use but right now it's it's it, it's not there yet i would say but that's one of the advantages you guys have is that uh you can deal with old school people yeah. that say uh, here's my swift ach regular yeah. wire transfer here's my i want dollars in dollars out keep me away from these yeah. wallets that i can lose you know you know on there yeah so speaking of um we've you know i cannot 
a lot of people try to predict what will the price of Bitcoin be on June 30th or whatever. I cannot predict that, but I can say with total high conviction with my children's life on it, that it'll go up and it'll go yeah. down, right? Yeah. So it's volatile. So it, it, it's pretty volatile. Like, you know, it's like Argentine peso. One, It's up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, but that 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 probably seems to impact the ability for startups, even you, even though there's not... A, you don't need to have the word blockchain anywhere on your website for the way you guys operate, but it impacts founders. Like I've seen, I've seen founders that had all the investors to the table were ready to sign documents and everybody wire. And uh, all these guys that were so rich on paper, paper speculators of Bitcoin yeah. and shit coins, all of a sudden see a crash in the crypto market, don't feel so rich. And the funding collapses and the startup suffers, if not fails. Um, yeah. you've been around now for a while. Um, yeah. how have you been impacted by one minute? It's hot. One minute. It's cancer. We are definitely impacted by it. I would say both in, in negative and positive ways. So last year when, uh, FTX crashed, Celsius crashed and so on, it, it was uh, definitely a negative blow to the overall industry and it also impacted negatively on, on us I would say uh, for a few months afterwards we, we definitely saw a decline in leads and uh, new signups uh, but I think a lot of people also realized which which uh, I, I hope they, they, they generally do that we are not really a crypto company right we are more like a blockchain infrastructure company we, none of our clients use Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that as, as payment options. They always use USDC or USDT, so highly regulated, trusted, stable coins. And we can also use fiat payment options, right? So, and of course we work with insecurities regulation, so we, we shouldn't really be affected by it, but of course we are as, as yeah. anyone else within the blockchain in, in industry. I mean, I mean, for, for listeners, you know, wouldn't know this, like every month, uh, DigiShares receives inbound interest of people that want to tokenize something, even like art yeah. and other things. And then they go through that sales funnel and then some of them spend money on getting yeah. onboarded and that's real revenue for a real business. And then there's this ongoing uh, fees for being on the system. So you guys are a real business, but I can imagine, I even, every now and then I forge you the email where someone says, Hey, 7BC, why don't you fund our company? We're digitizing real estate or we're tokenizing real estate. And my first thought is I have a conflict. I cannot yeah. invest in your company because I've already back in class, who, by the way, I've known for 18 years. And then I look a little deeper and I think, wait a minute. And I email them saying, hey, I should introduce you to the CEO of DigiShares. And they go, no, 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 that's what we're using. We're going to use DigiShares. Yeah. And I said, are you already, did you get onboarded yet? And then they say, no. We're still raising money. So I know at least once a week, I get somebody emailing me and they seem like they're all planning on using you once they yeah. get funded. So you probably, your team <laughs> must be kissing a lot of frogs waiting for one yes. to get funding yeah. and turn into a prince. But what's what's the range of different types? So you have a Dallas, a Dallas real estate development yeah. company with a couple hundred million of AUM having a good experience with tokenizing a small multi-family unit yeah. you know, development, which, you know, if, it, if it's in Texas, it's probably doubling in value since COVID. I mean, that's yeah. certainly what seems to be happening in Austin. Um, 
you know, there's, there's markets like Nashville, Austin, Florida, everything, you know, doubled. So it's like your payment is five, four or five X bigger with interest rates and the doubling. Um, but what are the other, what are some of the other types of customers that are actually on board and paying? Yeah. <clears throat> so we are lock, we have a, a great variety of, of different types of clients. We, we have a, a fair share of real estate crowdfunding investment type platforms, right? That are startups and, and need to raise their own funding to pay our fees. So not, not the best, not, not, not the ideal client, I would say, but, uh, in some cases they do quite well, right? And, and they have a good, a good business. Um, and then of course we have also, I would say pure real estate developers that have their own assets that they want to tokenize and they have some idea for how to digitize and automate and modernize their business. That's, that's, I would say an ideal type of client. We have small clients like that, but we also have really large clients like that. We have one of the biggest uh, real estate developers in Dubai using our system uh, actually to sort of, to make it like a retail push uh, for their, for their, uh, to expand sort of their, their market into, into retail and sort of to take select properties and tokenize and fractionalize and make them available for retail investors and sort of develop a new brand, new business in that space. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so that's, 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 that's an example. And, and um, it, is it making sense to disclose your plans with your own exchange or is that, yeah, maybe, maybe explain what, 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 uh, I, I don't yeah. know, would this be product roadmap or it's happening? So, so we are, we actually, we, we used to be a pure tech provider providing a white label platform for tokenization. And we sort of didn't really go direct, uh, to, <clears throat> to the market. Uh, but, but, um, we've been waiting for a couple of years to an exchange to, uh, appear for our clients to trade their assets and it didn't really happen. So we decided to create our own exchange as a separate sort of uh, project within within the DDCS uh, family of companies, right? So a separate brand available for our clients to to list their uh, assets on, but also for our comp competitors' clients to list their assets. It's called it's going to be called Real Estate Exchange. It'll be licensed both in Europe and in the US. We actually have licensing frameworks almost in place in in, in both uh, regions. And uh, the goal is to allow retail investors to trade real estate assets in in a sort of a crypto native way, right? So they, in, in this case, we will we will support wallets and we will support sort of peer-to-peer -peer atomic swaps with no counterparty risk to make it really easy, I would say, for us to launch the system. Um, and then uh, the so, idea so is somebody could to, yeah. so somebody could be in like like we're investors in Nada where they have these city funds. So yep. they've got like their city fund for Dallas, Austin, Nashville, Miami, even Orlando and Tampa, I think. Somebody could do a digital, an atomic swap, meaning they yep. could exchange, like if they're at $1.50 a share of their Dallas, they could swap, do an atomic swap into Nashville. Is that right? So you could, you could exchange one real estate tokenized token yeah. representing ownership in that for a different one is that correct yes and uh, not 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 directly right so you'd, you'd you'd exchange a number of usdc stable coins with some real estate tokens basically you'd get them into your wallet and your wallet would need to be whitelisted beforehand so that we can make sure that the share cap table and so on is, is updated correctly and everything is compliant okay 
Okay, so, so it's fully digitized, which sounds a lot. Yep. I think there's a huge cost reduction side side to what you're doing. What about uh, what are you seeing on commercial real estate or any like? I, I I spoke to some guy who was asking me if he could tokenize his horses. He's <laughs> a guy from Hong Kong. Um, yeah. Asked if he could. He's big on Happy Farm and all those horses over there. And he was asking about tokenizing these horses, which are so valuable. Are you yeah. seeing some other exotic use cases? I mean, uh, the art world with Art Basel just turned into a big crypto fest yeah. in Miami. W- yeah. w- what are you seeing for other asset classes that make sense to tokenize? Even venture capital. I get pitched yeah. all the time. I should digitize my funds. Yeah. yeah. We see many, uh, many use cases, actually. Real estate is 90% of what we see, as I think, still. So it's it's the the, the majority. We see private equity a lot right now. Uh, we speak to some of the big firms, uh, horses we've heard about also, but we we, we don't have a client doing it currently. <laughs> uh, we have a whiskey distillery that successfully sort of tokenized their, their company. And I think they are planning to tokenize whiskey barrels also as an investment object. Uh, then we see quite a lot of energy, sort of renewables, uh, solar, wind type um, uh, projects. We see mining quite a lot, especially coming from Africa, but also Bitcoin mining as, as an asset class. Uh, yeah, collectibles, we see a little bit, I would say an art a little bit as well, but but not not we don't have any clients doing it. So it's 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 not significant, I would say. I think that's that's a fair okay. sample. It's interesting. Of- After so much hot air of so yeah. many people trying yeah. to digitize art, it just felt like a lot of attracting a lot of grifters yeah. that you'd see at these events. Uh, you, you know, talking about that. So, where yeah. would you say the overall industry is? Because I think every time there's a crash, it's a bit of a torpedo to the industry, yeah. and then there's a boom again. <clears throat> what do you see? Not not just for yourselves, but for, for other players in the space of uh, traction in the overall industry? Yeah, I, I think uh, right now we we are suffering a bit from the overall economic crisis and also, also still a little bit from the crypto downturn last year. But actually, I, I, we are starting to see things change and improve, I would say, over the last few weeks, actually. So it's look it looks like things are slowly starting to recover. But then I would also say for the tokenization space in general, it has been very overhyped the last few years. And I think that right now the, the hype has dropped to, to lower levels. And I think we are starting to cross the chasm, uh, actually. Um, so we've been working a lot with sort of early adopters and technology pioneers and uh, startups right in the space. But I think we are starting now to get to the point where we need to cross the chasm and, and start sort of working with uh, real use cases and demonstrate value and actually sort of getting the pieces of the ecosystem together so we can really provide an end-to-end solution that creates a lot of value for the clients. I think that's that's sort of where we're getting to right now. Well, I mean, I, I've spoken to so many companies over many, many years in the kind of Web3 blockchain, smart contract, whole, yeah. whole crypto world, and very few of them have what you have, which is a sales pipeline, that converts a certain number, they pay. This is revenue, and then they and then the overall revenue of the business grows. So, yeah. you know, I think that 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 that's great. Now, normally, normally, uh, most of the companies in our world are just doing 
private placements with VCs and eventually maybe they file an S1 and they can publicly talk about your financing, but um, your latest funding round is rather innovative. What's the legal structure of your fundraise? And you can openly talk about it yep. in, in a form like this. Yeah, definitely. So, so we are raising 5 million right now as a Reg D and a Reg S in the US. So these are exemptions to the normal sort of prospectus regulation and capital raise regulation in the US. Reg D means that we can sort of target accredited investors in the US for the race and we can and reg s means that we can target any kind of investor outside the us for the race um so it's it's fully regulated as a, a ppm a private placement memorandum uh, we can speak about the race openly and we can sort of uh, even advertise it uh, we just have to be careful that we don't so mix us and non-us investors okay so there's there's no ban on general solicitation for okay. you but you can only accept investment from someone that yeah. is an accredited investor. And do you have more strict like 506C type? They need a letter from their accountant to say that they're accredited yes. as opposed yeah. to self-attestation? Yes, self-attestation is, is not sufficient, right? So they have to be right. verified by uh, someone like Verify Investor or accredited. So companies that specialize in checking, making these checks. Right, right. And that's all digitized. Well, great. Well, how do you think the world is going to be different as a result of, you know, digitizing large asset classes? Like, what does it mean? So five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, the world will be a different place. And hopefully uh, we won't be dead from AI. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what does yeah. it mean? Like, you know, assuming this becomes largely, largely adopted, how is the world better or worse off? Well, I think it will it will just become the the background infrastructure that we use to transact with securities, and it's it's not just me, right? So, recently, tokenization has been predicted to be the next killer use case of blockchain, right? By J.P. Morgan, Citibank, State Street, BlackRock, and so on, growing with a factor eighty over the next six, seven years, right, to four trillion in total. Um, so it's it's definitely predicted to have a great future. And I think it's because it 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 sort of follows a number of trends that are all going upwards, right? So digitization is increasing, crypto adoption is increasing, uh, retail uh, adoption and sort of investment into different asset classes is increasing. So all of that taken together means that uh, it, it's it's quite certain that tokenization and sort of the ecosystem we are building will sort of merge and eventually be adopted by the big financial players uh, and also sort of by by smaller ones right that's what we are seeing to start seeing to be, to begin already now and of course what it will mean is that we will have a, like an ecosystem eventually that will be uh, much more efficient uh, with less intermediaries. So a lot of intermediaries that we are paying costly fees to right now will simply go away, uh, like transfer agents, CSDs, um, corresponding banks, and so so forth. And many, many uh, intermediaries will just go away. It will also become much more transparent. Everything, of course, going on on the blockchain is, is much more transparent and visible, right? Um, and then, of course, it will also be more inclusive and democratized, right? Which I think is one of the underlying values of what we're doing in the tokenization space. So 
people that are unbanked today will become banked and will be able to invest into real estate so they can allocate a part of their small funds into real estate and get access to the same kind of sort of uh, accumulation and development of wealth as, as rich people has access to. So there's a real chance that we can help to to reduce poverty actually globally, right, and close the wealth gap. I, I, I think it's really true. We have, it started with this one guy from Nigeria who works for Saudi Aramco that invested in our fund. Then he introduced us to like 25 other Nigerians and some out of Ghana. And then it went from the from the oil and gas people to the real estate people. And um, boy, real estate in Lagos in Nigeria is a good asset class. Yeah. And I think for most people, like even me, I mean, I'm in venture, so I'm really not going to do it. But for, for other civilians that would say, gee, maybe I should invest in real estate in Africa. Um, but how are they going to do it? And how are they going to do it without a truth machine of trust yeah. to make sure they're not getting screwed? And then there's the when you look at the inefficiencies, inefficiencies of, of how you buy and sell stock on the NASDAQ through your Merrill accounts or your city private wealth, it yeah. is insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like shocking that Visa, MasterCard, Amex, you know, tax everybody like it's the Mormon church. Like, why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just unbelievable yeah. how inefficient that system is. And I think that focusing on real estate really makes sense, especially if you can say, Here's one umbrella where we've got African real estate, we got Kuala Lumpur, you've yeah. got Jakarta, you've got Bali, all the you've got Miami, you have Nashville, all those things. I think it'll be more interesting for your 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 win rate and your pipeline as well. That yeah. they know that there is liquidity in there. I remember I used to live in London, as you know, and that that aim the alternative investment market, which was like the baby stock exchange of the LSE London Stock Exchange at a time was really competitive with venture capital that people are like, you know what? I don't need UVCs and all your due diligence. I'm just going to get a nomad nominated advisor to get put their name on it and then get five brokerage firms burning up the phones, calling everybody from Abu Dhabi to who knows where, yeah. South Africa, and they you know, fill the private placement. But then you're listed on EAM. In anybody who had a market capitalization of under a hundred million sterling, there was no liquidity. Mm. So there were so so you bought into an initial public offering, you funded a risky venture type asset with no diversification, like the VC has. So the whole thing is kind of crazy. And then uh, there was no liquidity afterwards. Whereas if you get to over a hundred million of market cap, the liquidity is there. And so now, now you know you, you you can buy and sell. There's volume happening every day. It seems like the goal would be to get your real estate exchange up to a point that there's enough people. You're you're aggregating yeah. people, and then therefore you're delivering that value. Yeah. Um, so it, it would be a bit of a game changer. Well, listen, Klaus. I know you're a busy man, so I shouldn't hold you hostage. You know, for too long. Um, anything else you want to say before we close out? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I mean. Um, maybe there's digishares.io is yep. the website. Um, so digishares.io. And do you want to throw your, should I throw your email on the yep. show notes? So, yep. so, Sounds good. So it's klaus at digishares.io. Is that right? 
that works too, but uh, yeah, it's actually CS at DTCS.io. But I think, oh, I think CS the other one also works. That's very yeah. Danish. It's very Danish. I have ACR <laughs> as well as my secret email. So uh, yeah. to keep in line with the Nordic protocol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Klaus, great to see you. Super to hear about all this traction. traction. Excited about the latest fundraise and just keep signing up these customers and make them pay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Okay, Thanks. my friend. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye.